0: Hello, and welcome in. This is A Word from Bear Creek, a weekly worship podcast created by the worship staff of Bear Creek United Methodist Church. This week, Pastor Brooke will be sharing his sermon on reconciliation, inclusion, and forgiveness. Please join us in this space every week for a new offering of welcome from our corner of the universe. The opening music today reflects on Mark Miller's powerful song, Child of God. The words of this song begin like this. No matter what people say, say or think about you, you are a child of God. No matter what people say or think about me, I am a child of God. No matter what the world says, says or thinks about me, I am a child of God. No matter what the church says, decisions, pronouncements on you, you are a child of God. There is nothing or no one who can separate you from the truth that you are someone, you are family, you are meant to be a child of God. Thank you for joining us today. We offer this word every week as a waypoint on your journey. Wherever you are going, perhaps this will be a place of rest, ease, and pondering on your daily walk. Our scripture passage this morning
1: comes from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, the eighth chapter starting with the 25th verse, and it's the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and his encounter with Philip, one of the disciples. Hear these words and may they enter your heart. After Peter and John had finished bearing witness and speaking the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, announcing the good news to many Samaritan villages. And an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Get up and go south, he said. Go to the desert road that runs down from Jerusalem to gaza so he got up and went lo and behold there was an ethiopian eunuch a court official of the candice the queen of ethiopia who was in charge of her whole treasure treasury he had come to jerusalem to worship and was on his way back home and he was sitting in his chariot and reading the prophet isaiah go up and join his chariot said the spirit to philip So Philip ran up and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading, he asked. How can I, he replied, unless someone gives me some help. So he invited Philip to get up and sit beside him. The biblical passage he was reading was from Isaiah, and it was this one. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shears." so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, judgment was taken away from him. Who can explain his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. Tell me, said the eunuch to Philip, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip took a deep breath and started from this biblical passage, told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. Look, said the eunuch, Here's some water. What's to stop me from being baptized? So he gave orders for the chariot to stop, and both of them went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch together, and he baptized him. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever kind of thought that something was a window? or a a door, or an opening, and then you tried to walk through it and instead it was a glass window and you just hit the glass. Man, that can really be a shock, right? I mean, you're just going full speed, thinking there's an opening there and it turns out to be a glass door and you hit it. That can happen to us in in many different ways. I remember a member of my church, a, a couple in our church one time, was going to their daughter's wedding. And she was getting married uh, to a Mormon. And they were excited about that. I mean, didn't understand all of what they were getting into. But they didn't realize was that their daughter was getting married in a Mormon temple. And in the Mormon faith, if you are not a Mormon, you can't go in to the temple. And so they arrived to their daughter's wedding. And they came up to the temple And can you imagine how they felt when they were told they could not go in? And so they had to wait outside while their daughter got married. They weren't able to witness that. I can't imagine how that must have felt. I think in order to understand this story, our scripture passage today, the Ethiopian eunuch, we have to understand that we need to know what it's like to just run into a glass wall because that's exactly what the Ethiopian eunuch had just had happen to him. He had heard from his Jewish friends of a God who was particularly kind to outcasts, who gave release to the captives, who gave sight to the blind, who was the father of a group of people who had been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. Can you imagine how excited he was to hear this? Because in so many ways, the eunuch was a prisoner too. A eunuch was a high official in the court of a queen or king, but he or she was also a slave. He would have been given to the king by his family so that they could receive the king's favor. In exchange for that favor, the child's sexual organs were removed in order that the eunuch would not take advantage of one of the king's concubines when he got older. That act was to remove that temptation and allow the eunuch to serve the king or the queen without distraction and temptation. It is interesting to know that eunuchs were pretty well paid, but the cost of that paycheck was incredibly high. In so many binary cultures, like our culture, there's not a place for someone who is neither. There's no place for someone who is sexually different than In a culture where success was defined primarily by how many children you had or how many children you could sire, a eunuch was nothing but a nobody. He or she or they didn't count. He was one of the many in any society that was forced to live his or her or their life in the margin or in the shadows. And so you can imagine how excited this Ethiopian eunuch was about the Hebrew faith. This faith that was started by a God who loved the outcast. A God who was a God of a people who were outcasts. Can you imagine this Ethiopian heading to Jerusalem, to the temple where God resided in his chariot, ready to travel on this pilgrimage to a place where people finally got who he was. A person filled with hope by passages in the Hebrew scriptures like Isaiah 56, 3-6. Let me read this to you. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that it will endure forever. Can you imagine a place, a people of faith who see him or her or they as fully human, a place where his name would be written forever in the book of life? Can't you see this eunuch leaning forward with all of his heart, ready to embrace this new faith and for this new faith to embrace him? All the way to Jerusalem, he is leaning forward in hope and expectation. And then when he gets to the temple, bam, he hits the temple gates and there is that invisible glass wall that he now sees. Only in this case, it's not invisible at all. It's a huge sign, written not in Hebrew, the language of these outcast people, but in Greek and Latin, language he can understand. There are signs made especially so that foreigners can read them. And the actual sign reads this. No alien may enter within the balustrade, around the sanctuary and the enclosure. Whoever is caught on himself shall be put to blame for the death which will ensue. In other words, if you're a foreigner and the eunuch was one, he could not enter the temple. And if he did, he would be killed. Come any further, come any closer to the Holy of Holies where our God resides and you will be put to death. Bang! Just like that, the Ethiopian eunuch hits another glass wall. Just like that, Lucy pulls another football away from Charlie Brown. Just like that, another carrot of hope dangled out to the outcasts of this world is pulled just when they thought they had a chance to belong. And so the Ethiopian eunuch hangs his head, climbs into his chariot, and heads back to Ethiopia. But on his way back, he stops on the side of the road and gets out his scrolls of scripture, and begins to read again from the scroll of Isaiah. Could it be that he lands on that same passage in the 53rd chapter? Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say the Lord will surely exclude me from his people and let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree for this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me and holds fast in my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. Could it be that Tears were streaming down his cheek as he read these precious words of hope. And then he hears the good news from Philip. comes and gets beside him and walks beside him and teaches him that he's not alone, that there is a faith that embraces him. I often wonder what Philip told the Ethiopian eunuch when he finally saw him on the road and entered his chariot. I wish the Bible would say those things to us. Sometimes the Bible doesn't give us everything we need. What would you say to that eunuch? What scripture passages might you quote? What parts of the Bible, what parts of Jesus' story might you tell? I imagine in my heart that one of the stories that Philip might have told was that when Jesus died and was crucified on the cross, that that curtain there at the temple was ripped in two and that symbolically what that means is that everyone has an opportunity to come to God God is being unleashed out into the world through Jesus Christ and you are included what I love about this story is that the eunuch hears that good news and then says look over there there's water can I be baptized too and I think is what he's saying is, hey, I heard what the Jewish faith was saying at that time, that I could come to the temple and, and I could be a part, but then I got there and the door's closed. Are you truly gonna do what you say? Baptize me. Prove it. And Philip does. We live in a very binary world today. And there are people in our midst and outside of who we are, who are neither male nor female, who don't identify that way. Can you imagine what living in our binary world must be like for many of them? How difficult it must be, how confusing, how fearful the world must be? And then add to that the Christian organizations like Focus on the Family, pounding them over and over again with what we call clobber passages, passages that have been used by these organizations to dehumanize and demonize the LGBTQ plus community. No wonder they, they won't come to church. Would you? I mean, the outer world, when they think of Christianity, what do they see? Too many times they see this exclusionary faith that is more about judging than it is accepting. We here at Bear Creek want to do better. We want to be a different people. We want to be the embrace of Christ in the world. And we want to embrace every single human being we can, no matter their sexual orientation, no matter if they identify themselves as male or female or other. So how can we do this? How can we be different? Here at Bear Creek. One of the best things I think we can do is we call ourselves to be people of prevenient grace. We go before people, we prepare a way for them. So if if one comes, we can be prepared to welcome them with grace. So many of us find ourselves sometimes kind of dumbfounded and we don't know what to say when we meet somebody who is not binary like we are. In order to prepare for that moment, we need to read. We need to read ahead of that moment. A great book I'm reading right now is called Transforming by Austin Hartke, a fantastic book to help me understand what it's like to be a non-binary person and to understand what it's like to be a transgendered female or a transgendered male. So it's helped me understand. I don't always get the language right. I stumble yet today. But it's helped me begin the process. We need to do that ahead of time. I encourage you to read that book. We also could take a look and start working on a response to those clobber passages. We ought to have a, a list of biblical passages just as long or longer that counter those passages that are used so often to bash people who are different than we are. We ought to know the Bible well enough and to know our theology well enough to say that not all Christians believe like that or are judgmental like that. We ought to be able to say we're not like that. We believe that being a transgender human being is a gift, not a sin. And we need to find scripture passages that help us to say that. We also need to continue to put our grace not on the inside but on the outside of who we are. We can't just wave our inclusive flag inside the building. We need to put it outside so that people will know they will be welcome when they come here and they won't get the door slammed on them. And we also need to prepare our families to be safe harbors. The suicide rate for people who are non-binary and struggling with their sexuality is, is just through the roof. And one of the reasons for that is often families, the initial family that they live in, the immediate family, rejects them. And that would be hard for anybody. We need to prepare our families to be safe harbors. And I think the last thing, and probably one of the most powerful things I've ever done, um, I was at a march one time for human rights and I was speaking after that march to a group of LGBTQ plus folk in the Dakotas. And I was a pastor and I got up in front of them And with all of my heart, I apologized for the church. I said, I'm a pastor of a church and I'm an inclusive person, but too often I have let my church and my denomination be exclusionary. And I've been silent in that. And I apologized to them for that. And you would not believe the walls that came down. We call ourselves reconciling people. And one of the best things we can do to help reconcile people to us who we've hurt, is to apologize. We can do better, folks. And we at Bear Creek United Methodist Church are dedicated to doing that. Help be a part of this. Can you become a part of our inclusion effort? And can you become better human beings by understanding those who are different than we are? I hope so. And all the people said, Amen.